What are the most amazing running and hiking routes in the world? Who did them and how fast? Welcome to the exciting new world of fastest known time, commonly known as FKTs. This podcast is produced by fastestknowntime.com, a website where you find out what's new and cool, plus track FKT efforts taking place right now. On this podcast, we'll meet the remarkable athletes who have established some of the best FKTs, ask them how they did it, and find out what it means to them. And we won't waste any of your time. The Fastest Known Podcast delivers great info to you in just 30 minutes so you can get back to your run, which of course is more important. And this special edition podcast is made possible by La Sportiva, the company with a 90-year history of producing the best mountain gear for running, climbing, skiing, and hiking. In fact, I can say that La Sportiva shoes were used to set the FKTs by many of the people we are about to discuss in this podcast. For this episode, we have a special broadcast where we're talking about the Fastest Known Time of the Year Award. In this episode, we're going to talk about the number five FKT of the year, the number four, and the number three for female and male. The following week, we'll talk about the number one and number two. So we'll have six people to discuss this week, and I have a special co-host to help me talk about these people, Hillary Allen. Thanks for coming in, Hillary. Oh, hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, Hillary is a North Face athlete, a famous ultra runner, also known as the girl who almost died. <laughs> yep, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking seriously, welcome back. You look good. Uh, you, you did have a terrible fall up there in, in Norway. And of course, we could, for the 85th time, talk about your terrible fall and your yeah. amazing recovery. Or we could talk about FKTs. What do you prefer? Yeah, um, I think it's about maybe a hundred plus times to talk about this. So let's dive into the FKT of the year. Good call, Hillary. <laughs> okay, we're going to count it down. Starting with number five, we'll always start with the females. So the number five FKT of the year is Claire Gallagher. When she ran across Zion National Park, a route called Trans Zion, it's about 48 miles. It took her eight hours, one minute, and 24 seconds. Trans-Zion is when you run east-west or west-east across Zion National Park. It's become very competitive. A lot mm-hmm. of people are going after it. And uh, Claire, I think, went after it after the TNF 50 was canceled. Yep. So uh, how are you liking this one, Hillary? Yeah, so actually, I'm familiar with this route. Uh, this is one of the first uh, kind of training runs, trans-something runs that I, that I ran when I first started ultra running, and it's beautiful. I forget which direction I did. I think I went east to west, um, but it's an amazing route. You One of the advantages is, is that there's natural springs along the way. It's kind of like a miniature oasis. You hop in and out of the desert, you're running on slick rock, and you're kind of navigating on these, these weird trails, and then all of a sudden you pop into this little forest and there's this amazing spring water. I think I still remember the taste of this spring water. It's just so delicious. Um, and there's little ferns popping out everywhere. It's super green. Um, and it's just an incredible route. Um, and then you cross over kind of a really highly trafficked area where there's everyone hiking around and you kind of get mad because you just want to stiff arm little babies out of the way. Um. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a little interesting disclosure there, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll pass on that. We'll, I'm sure to... Claire didn't do that. I'm sure she didn't. Um, but yeah, so I, I think this route is great. I think it's awesome because more and more people are doing it. And like you mentioned, it's very highly competitive. I think Claire's time was really close to the male FKT. Um, 
hers was supported. So for me, the style of FKT, for me, it's really important, um, the style of, of these types of runs. Um, I think this style is more of kind of a race style, which makes sense. Um, you know, she was in great race shape for a Tina 50. So I think so many people went for different FKTs around this time to use their fitness from this race. And it makes sense because you North Face 50 is a fast and flat race. Um, well, flat-ish, but runnable. Um, and I think Design Traverse is pretty similar style. Um, so it makes sense if you want to, if you have a team to support you and kind of provide aid stations. Um, when I did this route, there's one spot where you kind of want to have a cache, like extra water, because the second half of the part is of the course is pretty dry. Um, so, I mean, I think that's probably why she's number five is because of the supported aspect of it. Um, but I still think it's a stout time and a beautiful route. And yeah, I, it's great to see females out there uh, doing these super competitive, well-known routes. Very competitive now. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have gone after Trans Zion. Oh, yeah. Tons. And as they should. Another possibility in terms of not being placed, I mean, five is really good. It means yeah. it's the fifth best exactly. in yeah. the United States this year, so yeah. just to be clear. <laughs> uh, and it, but instead of number four or something yeah. like that, maybe because of the support aspect. Mm -hmm. But it's also possible because a lot of people aren't that familiar with Trans-Zion. Yeah. You and I have done it. It's yeah. really good. It's amazing. But a lot of other people might think Grand Canyon. And actually, it's so funny because I had the choice to do as my first, you know, big ultra running adventure extravaganza. <laughs> I chose to do Trans-Zion because I had been there as a kid and I just remember it was incredible. It's like nothing I'd ever seen. And Utah as a state, I think, is fairly underrated. There's so many national parks there, and there's a vast variety of national parks and just terrain. And I think Grand Canyon is very um, popular and very well known. I mean, it's one of like the seven wonders of the world, of course. So it's known worldwide. But I don't think if you say Trans Zion to a European, they're probably not even going to know what that was or where right. it is in the United right. States. But it's, I, I think it's, it's top-notch. Excellent. I agree. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. The Grand Canyon is one of the seven natural mm -hmm. wonders of the world. Mm -hmm. now, you also identified that Claire's time compared with Hayden Hawk's mm -hmm. male FKT is a little closer. Mm -hmm. you know, she actually came fairly close to the male FKT. Yeah, which is also stout. So. Which is also stout. Yeah, congrats, Claire. I, I think this is, this, is a great, this is a great FKT. Excellent. Well, let's go to something really different. The uh, number five FKT of the year for the men is a person few people have heard of, Nate Bender. He did a route called the Montana Twelvers. This is about 90 miles. It took Nate four days, six hours, and 44 minutes. I need to describe this because <laughs> this is all 27 summits in the state of Montana that are over 12,000 feet high. And the context here, of course, is the Colorado 14ers are famous, California 14ers. Jared Campbell did the Idaho 12s, and he did the uh, Utah 12s as well. Now 13ers. And here's someone for the very first time doing all these summits in Montana. No one had, had ever done this before, even in one year. Mm -hmm. I am smiling nonstop <laughs> when, I, when I first read this. I mean, I, I know Nate Bender is... is Fairly, he's, he's an unknown, right? I didn't know him. I had to look him up. Um, but the reason I love this FKT is not only is it super adventurous, 
But I've been to Montana. I've spent some time there. It is gnarly. <laughs> it's it really is super gnarly. gnarly. Even the the trails, they're gnarly. Um, it's wild. It's not. It's not like. I mean, people say that the Nolan's fourteen. It's really well known here. But it's it, these are pretty non technical, standard walk up routes. They're giant tailless piles. They are. So that's a little bit frustrating. I mean, especially you know, well, maybe in the winter time it adds a little bit of some spice. Um, but Montana is just gnarly. And I mean, if anyone has been to, um, has, if anyone's done some Colorado 13ers, actually, those are more gnarly than the 14ers because there's just less trafficked. And so the combination of just the gnarliness and of, of Montana and how much planning it would take to scout this route out, 90 continuous miles, 27 summits, um, it took him four days and six hours. Compare that to, um, you know, Nolan's, the, the record there is about two days. So, I mean, it's a very stout commitment um, from just an effort standpoint, staying sane, sleep deprivation. Um, and then also uh, the fact that it's significant scouting in order to undertake this adventure. Insane scouting. Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe it hasn't been repeated or it's a new route on like, you know, the Idaho or the, the Utah 13ers, Idaho 12, 12ers, if that's how you say it. Um, uh, but I think hopefully it will encourage more people to do either this route or start making routes of their own because right. that's to me what FKTs are all about. Right. You can't do a race in this type of terrain. If you do, people will probably die. <laughs> Maybe fall <laughs> off another cliff. A, a subject of which you are an unfortunate expert on. Yeah, it's too soon. I shouldn't joke about that. Should, too, well, if you can't do well, If you're joking, I'm going to joke. You can, okay. Well, you mentioned the scouting. I'm going to re, uh, read back what Nate wrote. Quote, I spent the summers of 2017 and 18 scouting the route, logging more than 180 hours, 340 miles, and 126,000 vertical feet over eight different scouting trips. That's serious. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he wasn't following a GPS track on his no. phone. No, absolutely not. Okay. And, I mean, Montana's bear country, too, so... Maybe not at that altitude, but if you have to bail out, it gets pretty dire. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty dire. I like it. I like it. Well, that's, uh, that's good stuff. So I could, I often ask people, well, you're going to go after this FKT? Well, I'm not. Uh, I think you and I are in the same boat. We're not, it's, uh, Nate's time is going to stand on this one for a while, isn't it? Maybe. I want to meet him and I want him to show me some of these routes. I I love Montana and, and like the burliness of those mountains. So well, You know, the highest summit in Montana is Granite Peak. Yep. It's not a walk-up. No. You almost have to find it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I was actually just in Bozeman and even running outside of the trails in Bozeman, you just feel secluded and wild and... You know, there's probably a mountain lion just peering over the next little rock, but you don't know. <laughs> and there's no one out there to help you, so. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, Nate. Montana 12s. Let's go to the FKT of the Year number four for the female. And this is another one, another person we have not heard of. And she got good accolades. And this is Annie Weiss, who did the Ice Age Trail in Wisconsin. The Ice Age Trail is about 1,200 miles and crewed by just her husband. It took her 21 days, 18 hours, and 7 minutes. And this is the overall FKT by about 12 hours, which is basically on a scenic tour of Wisconsin. So Annie uh, was just crewed by her husband 
got this done over the span of three weeks. I think the reason why this is so impressive, um, granted, I mean, she's a relative unknown, but that's the beauty of the FKT. If you put down a stout time, then it's going to get recognized. And for this, I think, again, the dedication and the fact that it's an overall FKT for men and women, that's super impressive to me. Um, she, I mean, it was supported, but I think for, you know, 1,200 miles... <laughs> You need a little bit of food delivered to you along the way. <laughs> um, but again, it was supported, and but she was out there by herself. So she was the one doing it. It wasn't as a team. Um, so, yeah, I was very impressed with this with this route. Um, you know, three weeks of continuous, continuous slogging. Three weeks is a lot. Yeah. And if you go to the fastestknowntime.com uh, website, once this article goes up, you'll see a photograph that Annie's husband Brian sent us of her standing knee deep in some swamp <laughs> with a smile on her face. I think the smile on the face is key for a 21-day effort, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's just like it's 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 just like this idea of kind of going to these places where you want to give up and you want to you you just you find a way to keep going. And I think staying positive and finding a way to problem solve through hardships and smiling, I think it makes it makes a big difference. Just at the end of the day, she's out there because she wants to be. And yeah, if she's smiling, no, I mean, if you're in kind of less than ideal conditions, that's the beauty of these things. Mm -hmm. and, they're, and they are natives of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And as you said, Hillary, find your own route, find what's meaningful to you. And they did. Mm -hmm. they, they, I think they started fairly close to their hometown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I, that's, what I love about FKTs, it's mm -hmm. there's there's no limit, especially in the American West and anywhere. Um, there's so many trails, so many mountains, so many national parks where you you are prohibited to have a formalized race. But I think when you stop racing and when you start dreaming, that's where the magic happens. And for me, that's what trail running and exploration is all about. And FKTs that it's just it, it exemplifies that. The, that kind of, you, it's, a, it's a whole category all, all on its own, but you can't describe kind of the feelings and, and the darkness that you experience to, to pursue your actual dreams and accomplish these FKTs. And to me, that's beautiful. And that's what mountain running and trail running is all about. When one stops racing and starts dreaming, that's when the magic happens. <laughs> To be your FKT slogan. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll quote you on that frequently. We'll put it up as a byline in our website. And I Great. think this is going to come up as we move on to the uh, number three FKTs of the year. I agree. And reminding you that this special FKT of the year edition podcast is brought to you by La Sportiva, the company with the 90-year history of producing the best mountain gear for running, climbing, hiking, and skiing. Indeed, La Sportiva shoes were used to set some of the FKTs by the people we have discussed already on this podcast, and I've been using La Sportiva's in the mountains for basically the past 20 years. It's a terrific shoe. Check them out at sportiva.com or any of the running or mountaineering store in your area. And now as we finish up with the number four FKT of the year, the male before we're going to do that, we're going to introduce a new guest who just stopped in the studio, Joe Grant. Welcome, Joe. Uh, thanks, Buzz. Thanks for having me. Joe came all the way down from Gold Hill, seen at Gold Hill at 8,300 feet. Joe is a black diamond athlete. He's finished second at Hard Rock 
and he just said an FKT on the on the uh, Nolan's 14ers this summer. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. And as well, he's a very w- well-known photographer. So thanks for coming down, Joe. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Buzz. So the number four FKT of the year for the men is Andrew Hamilton. He did the all the Colorado 14ers in the winter. This is about 314 miles, and it took him 85 days, 15 hours, and 37 minutes. Andrew, of course, is the king of the 14ers. He's held many records in the 14ers, as well as Nolan's. And he's the first person to do all 58, the Colorado 14ers, in a calendar winter. And he did that while staying home every other week to watch his kids. (laughs) So what do you two think about that? Well, this one, I think... Well, some other people, some other voters said that this one made me gasp. This is just insane dedication. And I think what a real FKT kind of represents to me, um, it just represents, it, it takes a lot of planning and you can't just, you can't just go for 10 days and, and quit, you know, or like you're done after 10 days. It, this is, this is a very, very, very big commitment. Um, so I was very impressed with this and that's why I think he got so many votes. Mm-hmm. And of course, Joe, you're really familiar with the 14ers. Yeah, definitely. And n- n- I mean, in winter a little bit, but um, <laughs> more in the the summer. But um, it's, uh, I mean, if January right now is any indication of how sort of challenging this this type of record is, um, the next two weeks, say looking at Long's Peak, high winds, a lot of snow. Um, it's just tricky conditions, and that's you know one of many many summits that you have to do. Um, there are a lot of non-technical 14ers in Colorado, um, which is kind of an advantage in some regard, but then there's also a lot of slogging involved, you know, to actually get to those peaks. So, you know, kind of dealing with, with conditions, I think is probably, um, one of the biggest challenges. I know it's been done on, on skis on the split board before, um, but doing it on foot, I think in terms of the approach, um, just kind of dealing with deep snow, that kind of thing, is 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 probably one of the the hardest, trickiest parts of it. Um, and doing it in a true um, uh, winter calendar. So calendar winter, which means yeah. winter solstice to uh, March. spring equinox. Yeah, which is that that's just that's tight. You know, there's just um, and when you're looking at on a, I think so. This last winter in the San Juans, unfortunately, was really uh really dry probably fortunately for andrew in terms of um actually being able to kind of accomplish this um on a typical year you have 14 14ers down in the san juans and with the kind of snow and moisture that they get be really really challenging um so i think there's a real kind of combination of yeah tenacity but also luck and yeah being able to kind of stick to it you and know pure stubbornness with like i'm thinking post holing in the winter through boulder fields like that doesn't seem fun well that's a good call on andrew because yeah. he used to be the first to tell you he's not fast yeah he's the first to say that and yet he could be the toughest i think and he's, he's the toughest and he's also the sleep deprivation king that yeah that's a really good point i mean he has just this ability to kind of unplug his brain and just <laughs> stick with stuff you know i mean you yeah. look at his um, astounding summer, you know, record on the 14ers, what is it, nine days or something like that. And it's essentially just don't sleep for nine days or, or very, very little. 
Um, but this is kind of like a more prolonged psychological sort of challenge because, you know, when you're, it's all condensed into one, one um, sort of week or a little bit longer, you commit to that time and, and that's it. But when you're looking at 85 days of that's kind of, you three know, months, yeah, like... three months <laughs> tinkering away, oh, um, let alone just like the driving too, to yeah. kind of get out to, to the places. I mean, it's fairly big state passes pretty gnarly um, mm-hmm. to get to so and and Andrews you know works full-time has his family um, and all those I think things play into it it doesn't just have this oh, okay I'll go and camp in the you know in the San Juans for for you know for two weeks or whatever it's like now you kind of have to go down on fit it around his job fit around his family there's um, no film crew company <laughs> no no and so, the film crew he might drop them actually probably <laughs> no one could have yeah well he did have one interesting one-liner i don't think he'd ever done one in the winter previous oh is that right yeah yeah and yeah. he says he says he's not much of a winter sports guy so yeah. this is yeah i'm more impressive but i have a quick little story about how i met andrew mm-hmm. um and you say he's not much of a, he doesn't sleep, like sleep deprivation for his like nine day Colorado 14er um, push. Um, well, the first time I met him, I was attempting, um, I was doing the, some link up, I think it was Snowmass and Capitol Peak in the Elk Mountain Range outside of Aspen. And I'm coming down this trail and all of a sudden I just, I see there's these two guys are moving quite slow. And then as I get closer, I realize that one of them is just stretched out on the ground, like face down. <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez, this is a mountain rescue situation. Um, lo and behold, he was, I, like, I was like seeing if he's okay. And his partner was just kind of like, just looked gnarly. And like, and he was like, oh, don't worry about him. He's just taking a nap. And he like, he woke up when I went by him and it was Andrew Hamilton. And he was just like, saying all this stuff he's like so mad he's like this isn't just gonna happen this is like the 10th time i've attempted this elk range like traverse link up it's like that 42 mile like the eight peaks and the elks mm-hmm. and um i had run into him as he was kind of bailing out on his final attempt he was finally just sleeping on the tra- in the middle of the trail and he just does a face plant and yeah. calls it good oh yeah and he looked he was like he looked quite comfortable he was <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely out cold but that was my first uh meeting of Andrew and then um then I learned a lot more about him after that moment <laughs> I think another notable thing is he's he's so humble yeah. about his accomplishments and I I I'm, I'm kind of vaguely remembering I think bumping into him last winter on longs coming down I think it was the cables route it might have been part of this and he had ski goggles on mm-hmm. and everything and you know sort of dressed for I mean it was it was proper winter conditions up there and you know, it wouldn't be any mention of other than just like the day that we're having and kind of the outing. He wouldn't be mentioning like, oh, this is just one of, you know, all the 14ers that I'm doing, you know, in this. And so I think that's kind of this kind of cool is he just sort of stays very much under the radar, kind of not even downplaying it just just to downplay it. But it's it's nearly like kind of a lifestyle of going up into the mountains and doing this year in, year out. He has so much experience on the on the peak. So there's, yeah, a really, I think that's really, really cool. He's done every Colorado 14er at least seven times. And I think his son, Axel, was the first, uh, did all of them at age five or six. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So the king of the 14ers. Andrew's done it again. Joe, so are you going to go out and try to break his winter FKT? 
Oof, I, I don't know. It's, it's a really, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's honestly, I, I, do, I do really like spending time up on the 14ers in winter, mostly longs, but just because it's close to where I live. And, uh, but I've, I've gone up Albert and a you know, handful of other peaks and, and, and some in the Bells or whatever. And I, I just feel like it, it adds a, com- a completely different component to the experience. And um, I really like to see the, the variations between the seasons. Um, what is very easy in the summer can all of a sudden turn into some really complicated, even say, so talking of longs, I, I, I like longs, but <laughs> um, going up the keyhole route in the summer, it's the easiest route, it's the standard route. Um, in the winter, very, so, very avi prone. Yeah. It's 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 long, so you're exposed for much longer, and and th- those are considerations that you don't necessarily have um, uh, in the summer. And so, I think it's interesting, to kind of experience the mountains in different ways, um, and just yeah, get to know them better. So, I don't okay. know about going after a record, but doing more more fourteeners in the okay. winter. More fourteeners in the winter. Yeah. Thanks. Good comments. Congratulations, Andrew. And moving on to our FKT of the year number three. As always, we start with the female. And this year it is Candace Burt, who did the Wonderland Trail, which is a circumnavigating Mount Rainier in Washington, about 95 miles, and it took her one day, four hours and 45 minutes. So Candace did it a little differently. She did it by herself instead of as a team. And she did it self-supported, so no one is supporting her. So that was kind of stepping it up for the ladies, I think. Was it self-supported or unsupported? Uh, I think it was uh, self. Okay. Unsupported. Unsupported. My unsupported. apologies, okay. Joe. Good okay. call. Yeah, which is definitely makes a, quite a big difference. Um, 100 miles, essentially, you know, of carrying all your stuff. Um, and there there are a few campgrounds along the way on the Wonderland. So it is a... A logical route to self-support and to to do it in that style I think is is, is really cool um, and it's a really beautiful route um, and just to clarify thanks again Joe so self-support would have been easy is drive the campgrounds in advance you drop a cash yeah. mm-hmm. and, or supported you have friends with a crew there taking care <laughs> of you when you come through but she did it unsupported she carried all her food and gear from the start mm-hmm. right right one advantage is uh, the, there's a lot of water in the Pacific Northwest, which is, um, so once you got the food kind of dialed, um, you definitely got creeks and, and water. Um, and uh, the, the trails, as far as I remember, I think I did it in 2011, maybe. Um, and uh, the trail is pretty, pretty easy to follow. Uh, but there are sections where you're sort of on the flank of, of Mount Rainier, um, navigating, it can be a little bit tricky, crossing a few moraines, like it's, it's not super easy in spots. Mm-hmm. And that can be really kind of frustrating when you're, when you're by yourself, mm-hmm. having to sort of figure all, all that out. So yeah, it's a really, really cool accomplishment. Well, Hillary, yeah. what did you think, because a lot of the ladies, not a lot, but some of them are going as teams. Yeah. And some are going supported. And she went uh, unsupported by herself. Yeah, and I think that's just, that's the complete level of unsupported, right? It's like you're by yourself and you're carrying your, all of your own gear. So I think for me, um, that's why I would rate this pretty high. And I'm glad to see it at number three. Um, and also, I mean, if you're with someone else during a race or, I mean, some adventure, you have them to kind of pick you up when you're feeling bad and then you can, there's this accountability. If they're feeling bad, you have a responsibility to keep positive 
to kind of push them forward. So I was impressed um, that she attempted it solo. And I mean, you know, running in the dark, there's mountain lions there, <laughs> that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I, it's, it's more adventuresome and I appreciate that aspect of the unsupported aspect and definitely the solo. And it was pretty close to the, um, to the supported FKT, which I think says something as well for how stout this, mm -hmm. this record Indeed, is. Indeed, this is the second time she had done it. And then mm -hmm. someone else took the FKT. Yeah. She went back and, yeah. and got yeah. on it again, which is kind of fun. Yeah. But the first time she did see mountain lions. Yeah. And so she was thinking about that on this trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know how powerful fear can be. <laughs> You're in the night, just like takes over. Uh -huh. But yeah, so I think that's why I think that this was so impressive for me. It's not only a trail that it is straightforward and it makes sense to do it in one push. And it's it's been uh, like an FKT route that people have been drawn to because I think of the access and the, the straightforward logistics of it. Um, but I think the reason why it's so high is because it was that unsupported style. Like the style for me, I think is really important for FKTs. Mm -hmm. That's what separates it from a race or other, other kind of, I don't know, designated uh, routes. The voters recognize that. Yeah, I like <laughs> that. <laughs> and Candace is race director for the the two hundred mile race series. She sort of invented so she, the two hundred yeah. mile race. Yeah, so she's well, at least at least in the U.S. in terms of making it more of a kind of legit, you know, because you have the, the tour and you, I guess, you, you know, you have the Iditarod or you, there's, there are certain sort of, I guess, extreme events, but I think she really made a good, um, you know, effort to, to legitimize it as a distance and mm -hmm. say this is something that, you know, offering this, what is it, the triple crown now of 200s and She's in the long stuff. Excellent. Let's go to the uh, male number three uh, FKT of the year, who happens to be our guest right now, Joe Grant. Congratulations, <laughs> Joe. Thanks, Buzz. <laughs> yeah, so this is your uh, Nolan's 14. Nolan's, of course, is the uh, 14 14ers, sort of in a row, in the Sawatch Range of Colorado. <laughs> which is about 80 plus miles, but feel free to correct us in any of these statistics. And you did it uh, this summer in two days, one hour and 38 minutes. And no one's become classic. The Euros are coming over to do it. Everyone's doing it. In fact, Alex Nichols was doing it the same time you were doing it in the other direction. He was, <laughs> yeah. We actually met up um, during the during the um, the attempt, um, I'm friends with Alex, so we, we messaged a little bit before. Um, part part of the reason I think we we both chose that day, we wanted to do um, right around the summer solstice, longest day of the year, and uh, the full moon. So both of those uh, were that you know it was a low snow year last year, and so we figured that June is is the most ideal time. Um, if the snow is low, um, there's usually not that many thunderstorms at that time of year, and yeah, long days. You know, take advantage of the the, the moonlight uh, uh, during the night, and so it made sense, kind of, that that there was going to be, um, you know, actually Hannah Green, who was doing the the Continental Divide, yeah. full thing, was um, uh, doing Nolans at the same time too, wow. just as part of her. Wow. of her, you know, full shebang um, up to Canada. So that was pretty extraordinary. And I actually saw her coming down off of Mount Elbert, so the second second peak. So it's kind of, yeah, three of us out there 
um, all doing a little bit different things on the, on the same route. Um, kind of unique and, and pretty cool. And bumped into Alex in, well, it was Mount Yale. So he was coming down off of Mount Yale, heading north, and I was going um, north to south, so kind of coming up. And uh, he, yeah, came. I came across him with his his pacer, and he wasn't actually, he started a little hot, and so he wasn't actually doing that well, and, and he, he expressed a little bit of doubt of how he was going to, you know, if he was going to continue or, I mean, he was committed, obviously still committed to it, but there was definitely a little bit of, um, he wasn't having a, a specific low point then, but started pretty hot in the dark and then kind of just sort of accumulates pretty quickly. And he was like, oh, this is, this is kind of feeling it. It was hot. It's very, very hot at that point. But it was, I think it boosted both of us to, to kind of see each other and be like, all right, you know. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm closer to the end at this point. And, and, and so he was like, all right, well, you know, he's going and I may as well do it too. And so it was a nice kind of, you know. Well, it's interesting that you did bump into each other because, of course, you're not on trail. There's not a designated route. Right, right. So the, it's a classic FKT, yeah. which Hillary might kind of you know, I like the style of it. This route is like one of my favorites. And so not only because it's here in Colorado, but just because... It's just pure mountain FKT style where you you have to do some planning, you have to do route finding, you have to know where you're going, especially since you're going for two days straight in the dark. I mean, every trail pretty much looks the same in the dark, so you have to you know be able to navigate. Um, and the fact that Joe's was unsupported, I just have a soft soft spot in my spot soft spot in my heart for unsupported. Mm-hmm. Adventures like this. It's just it's insane. It's it's so impressive. Well, let's clarify that Alex did succeed. Yep. Yes. Indeed, he was a little faster than you mm-hmm. going supported. Mm-hmm. So you both were on the nominations list just to, <laughs> just to kind of put this out there. Yep. And then as Hillary just mentioned, you rose to number three basically on your good looks. <laughs> no, actually points. I take that back. <laughs> that as well as I think the unsupported aspect. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, for me. It was just um, yeah, I like this ideal of kind of you know you set out with your little backpack, you got your food, you, you know, got a little water. There's 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 creeks on the route, and got a jacket for the night, headlamp. Just don't need much else, you know. And so there's this sort of appealing aesthetic to me of of just and maybe it's a little yeah idealistic in some ways, but I kind of wanted to sort of confront that and see like. Oh, if if I could have this this idea of you know how to move in the mountains like simply um, you know can I can I kind of meet that expectation of myself and so you know setting off in the morning felt very much like just going out for a run you know I had a mm. little eight liter pack on um, my food jacket headlamp and and really that was pretty much it and so you, you kind of just set out and it, it it normalizes a little bit and then you realize that the, you focus more on the experience rather than kind of what you, once you commit, you don't think about what you don't have. You can't be frustrated in the moment and say like, oh, I didn't bring this or I didn't bring that. It's like, no, this is kind of what you got. This is how you chose to do it. And now you kind of have to deal with, you know, what, what comes up. And so that to me is really compelling is seeing how I can deal with that without having, 
you know, external sort of feedback or coming in some, in some ways having an aid station can, can nearly throw you off sometimes. Yeah. It, it just simplifies things to just be by yourself and deal with things by yourself if you're committed to that mindset. Wow, that's a good call, Joe, yeah. because you have simplified it. You're on your own schedule. You're on your own biorhythm. <laughs> right. You're not yelling at your crew. Yeah. Well, no, you're not coming in and being like trying to, I guess, not, not, it's not so much blame it, but defer, you know, the, the experience that you're having onto, onto something else that's yeah. not there. You've chosen to bring what you've brought and to do it the way you're doing it. And so you've only got yourself to blame. <laughs> and, and, the, and so there's no like coming to the aid station, oh, the crew's not there and I was expecting a pizza or I was going to take a nap. And it's like, you know, if I want a nap, I just go under a tree and sleep for a little bit, you know? Yeah. And it's and if, if I don't have enough food, well, I'm not good. I'll get food afterwards, you know? There's there's going to be... So so it just... It just um, I, I had to think, I guess, a lot beforehand about what potentially could like what mindset I could be in like what problems w- would come up and then once I'm confronted to those um you know when you're at home sitting on your couch comfortable you can sort of you're in a position of strength and so you can kind of build up your your headspace to be ready for you know the the the, the sort of the challenges that you're going to experience on the trail and that was kind of a little bit of a test you know as those things are well Joe it's brilliant you do have the artistic temperament anyway <laughs> so you, you view things very stylistically your whole life is sort of like that and that was that was very very articulate thank you and so rather than looking at the splits or looking at your training log maybe you're doing that also you're reviewing in advance your mindset and your attitude yeah i mean there's a obviously there's a physical component to it but if you look at training you know you spend say six eight months preparing for something like this and really, Nolan's is just an experiment in sort of validating, you know, your, your preparation. And part of your preparation is physical. And so if you're not ready physically, you know, your quads can blow out, whatever, you know, things can happen. But a lot of times what, what really kind of makes a difference is the headspace that you're in. And so knowing that from having done a lot of these, these longer sort of things, um, I figured that if I got myself into a place where I was comfortable being out there by myself, I was comfortable with, you know, and, and a lot of the, the problems are, are pretty basic, right? It's like, oh, well, I'm a little cold or I'm a little hungry or I'm a little tired or my legs hurt. My, you, you know, it's, it's not that those are kind of these basic sort of issues that you're going to run into. There's only so many really that, that are going to happen. So you can kind of, you can prepare. And so when you're cold, you're like, well, I'll put my jacket on. And if you don't have any more clothes, you run a little bit faster or you try a little bit harder to warm up. And, and really that is the only sort of solution that you have. So by simplifying it in some ways, those issues become a lot less difficult to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get into, I guess, more existential or complicated things of, you know, the ego or, or the, this time component and this record component and, and why the hell am I out here pushing myself? And, you know, and, and those are the things I find like a lot more interesting. And I knew that something condensed like Nolan's, like this two day experience would probably bring me to a place where I'm going to be confronted to these sort of, you know, emotions. And, on one, you know, in one moment, you're feeling like on top of the world, super zen, like, I got this, you know, I just, it's easy for me, I can hike up these mountains, I just, I can do it, you know, <laughs> and the next moment, you're just like on edge, just, you know, and crawl, you know, in, in the bushes, sort of just, 
um, you know, curled up in a ball thinking like, okay, like how can I, you know, how can I pull this together? Or you start to worry about like, man, it'd be nice to break 48 hours and I just got lost and I get frustrated at that. And, and so there's this whole internal debate that's going on and it's hard to kind of like have that level of conversation with yourself in a daily, you know, um, in daily situation. So I like to kind of go out and try and get to that place where I can. Well, you succeeded in getting to that place. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so I guess, good. Hillary, that's how it works. If you want to get to that place, just go out and try Nolan's 14. <laughs> Sweet. All right. On my to-do list. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the voters always comment on this, and Hillary mentioned one. You know, people had a soft spot for the unsupported efforts because <clears throat> Alex was a little faster. I think he was four hours faster than the supported. And other people note that the supported versus unsupported is, and Nolan's length is getting fairly close in terms of, you know, something like multi-day, like the uh, Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest Trail is massively significant. Then mm -hmm. Joy asked you for a comment. One voter said, this can still go much faster. I know this is arrogant and controversial. So um, No, I don't think it is. I think it'd go a lot faster. Mm -hmm. I mean, Killian, Killian would probably do it next summer in like 36 hours or something <laughs> unsupported, you know? You think so? Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's not, the, the, a lot a, bit, a lot has to come together to for it to work. And so I made a lot of mistakes that are from the outside, not that apparent. But just as an example, I mean, I, I did Belford twice. The, the <laughs> Not not Belford, um, uh, Shivano twice at the end. So I lost an hour um, yeah. reversing the last peak because I was just sort of delirious and, you know, I, I was already sort of there at the finish line and I still had to like run the final downhill. To Blank's cabin. To Blank's cabin and I'm standing on the summit and I just turn around and I run back towards Tabagwatch. And so I go all the way back to the saddle and it takes me all of that time to realize what I'm doing wrong. And, you know, it's something that I, and so those are the kinds of things where just taking lines off the mountain that I know aren't great. Like I came off Princeton and took a, 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 a gully that I'd never gone down before and it was really loose and just rocks are kind of showering everywhere and I'm just kind of plunging down the sand. I'm just kind of too tired to think sometimes about like, oh, the, the, the right one's a couple, couple ridges over or something, you know, and I should just have taken that and so there's all these like little things that can happen you know you can get stuck in a storm for a couple hours and, and and lose some time you know and so the the challenge is I don't think from a performance standpoint it's going to be improved and I think it's going to be improved a lot um and it, not becoming delirious at the end would help yeah yeah and so you have to you have to kind of all those things have to come together I think there's um you know, definitely a number of, of, of much more, much stronger and much more talented runners than myself that could go and do that. Um, at the same time, it doesn't, it's something that I don't, I, it's not that I don't really care about it, but my experience was, was, was raw and kind of profound to me. And I was happy with sort of the learning that, that kind of occurred on that, on the route. Um, I was happy with the effort. I was happy with learning the route, you know, all these kinds of things. It wasn't the number. Yeah, so so the number yeah, the number there's there's a piece to it, but it's not the defining, you know, aspect of what makes this notable to me. Um and so from there on it's like I hope that people go out and challenge it more for what it's going to kind of bring out of them rather than just, you know, oh, I lowered it by this this much or that much, you know, and 
Um, All right. I think that's a good gauntlet to throw down, don't you, Hillary? Yeah, I mean, that's what I love about the unsupported efforts because there's, it's such a mixed bag, but it's also so personal. And I couldn't have said it better than how you just described it. Um, but that's, that's why I like unsupported efforts is because it's not only the, the different navigation errors and just um, relying on yourself, but it's you have to go deep within and find a way to problem solve the whole time without relying on anyone. Exactly. Excellent. Well, you two are extremely articulate, so I want to thank uh, Joe for coming in and spending some time with us. Thanks for having me, Buzz. And Hillary, my uh, illustrious and my uh, <laughs> professional podcast co-host here. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thank you very much. Now, thank next you. episode, we're going to go the number two and number one FKT of the years. Can't wait. So one, uh, one week from today. We'll find out who is number two and who is number one. And as Joe said, it's not about the number, is it? No, it's about the meaning mm-hmm. and, and how, it, how it inspires us. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, awesome. Buzz. Thanks, Buzz. I hope you've gotten some good ideas for your next big run. Subscribe to this podcast so you can find out what's cool every week. It will be delivered to you each Friday. And definitely go to fastestknowntime.com to read the notes from this show and ask questions or make comments on what you've heard today. There are FKTs being reported daily that are incredible, but you maybe have never heard of them. So stay up on what is happening on this website and follow us on Twitter, the Gram, and Facebook. Many people have thanked us for this work, and you can too by clicking support this site at the bottom of the webpage. Tune in next Friday. It's going to be fast and good.